Hi, you're listening to Shabbat Replay on Contact High, a podcast from Mishkan Chicago. We're releasing our sermons so that no matter where you were Friday, you can enjoy a piece of Shabbat today. I am excited to turn the mic over to Josh Schwartz, who has been a a beloved builder at Mishkan, but also in recent years, and especially during this pandemic, you have just stepped up in such a serious way as a leader in the community. And specifically, and this is the reason why we, we were so excited to have you drash tonight, because you have been a leader in the LGBTQI plus community on Slack and on Zoom and convening people um, in such loving space um, this past year and beyond. So hello, Josh and Elliot. Thank you for sharing words of Torah with us tonight. Over to you. Elliot is my, uh, my, my boo, and you can't see him because he's graciously being the audience because I was supposed to do this in, uh, in front of people. So uh, Shabbat Shalom, everybody, and happy Pride. Um, it is uh, wonderful to be with here, all of you, even though I can't see you, and I really wish I could have. Um, as people have said multiple times tonight, you know, Pride started as a protest, a riot, a fight to be seen, to seen to, for people to be seen as their whole selves. Um, and also, uh, so with Marsha Johnson throwing a brick and saying, you know, you have to see me. You have to hear me. I will be heard. So we take pride in ourselves so tonight as a proud queer, a proud Jew, not ashamed, proud um, about being seen and heard for who I am, and not just uh, for me being seen, but how I see and how others, how I see others. And it's a wonderful, uh, I think, serendipity that this Pride weekend, uh, the, the Torah Porsche Balak, um, which is no small part about how people see the other. Um, so what did people, what did Balak see, what did Balaam see, and what did they do? Um, so I'm going to try and uh, channel Rabbi Dina for a minute and try and tell the story in 35 seconds. Um, so as the Jews are wandering in the desert, uh, they um, camp out by uh, Moab and the Moabites run to their king Balak and like, oh, my God, there's this people are here. They're an invading army. They're freaking us out. This is the gang that busted out of Egypt. Um, and now they're coming for us. Uh, Balak says, don't worry, be cool. I got a guy. And he turns to Balaam, who is a has a connection with God to curse them. And uh, Balak sends his emissaries to Balaam and Balaam says, I have to check with God first. And God says to him, do not curse these people. They are blessed. Um, And he goes back to uh, Balak's adversaries and says, I can't do it. Um, And then starts this really long back and forth. So uh, Balak's adversaries go, they come back, they offer wealth. Balaam says, okay, I'll go with you. Um, God says, you can go, but only if you say my words. And then there's the whole story with the donkey where the angel is trying to block his path. And what I find myself in reading this is that Balaam is sort of stuck in the middle. Uh, As Lizzie said earlier, God is this sort of fundamental connection of of people and and in the universe, things in the past and present. So um, I think Balaam knew that I shouldn't be cursing people, um, but maybe he wasn't comfortable with it. Or he wasn't sure. Um, and Balak is scared. Uh, and the Moabites, they see the Jews as an invading army. Maybe not. That's what they saw. Uh, and this goes back and forth. And 
Alam keeps, I don't know, and turning to God and not sure. And finally, after multiple um, entreaties by Balak to curse him, Balaam actually just looks. And in the text, he says, he looks out over the wilderness, looks out over Bamidbar, um, and Ruach Elohim, the spirit of God, came upon him, and he utters, Matovu, O Halachayako, how goodly are your tents. Um, these are, you know, some of the most famous words in the, in the Jewish tradition. Uh, where Balak and the Moabites only saw an invading army, Balaam finally just looked and saw, saw people in their, as their beautiful selves. Maybe people just looking for a home, a place to sleep, you know, maybe not very different from the Palestinians today in the same physical space, wanting a home. So I have, uh, and this, this story means a lot to me, what people saw, what they said. Um, I always knew uh, from 10 or 11 that I was queer. I was always attracted to people, um, uh, but I didn't feel matovu about it. It was sort of a strange disconnect. I never pretended to myself that it wasn't the case that I was attracted to all kinds of different people, but I certainly pretended it to everybody else. I wasn't self-hating. I didn't think there was anything wrong with me, but I, and I was ashamed. I wasn't friendly. Um, I remember the first time I approached a friend that was uh, during, uh, after my sophomore year in college, a good friend of mine from high school, very close friend, we were traveling in Europe um, and I had feelings for him. Um, and I summoned the courage to, to say something or try to, and literally I could not get the words out of my mouth for minutes. Uh, I could not, could not form the words. Uh, and then even, uh, you know, 10 years later, when I was uh, sharing with another group of friends, coming out was a period of decades. Um, I couldn't, the words stuck. I could not find the words for like a long silence to the point where my friend was like, you don't have to tell us this. It's so hard. But I did. Um, and that was really, uh, I was 47 before it was just, you know, this is me. Hi, everybody knows it work. I don't even remember who doesn't know anymore because it's not a thing anymore, but that was 30 years. Um, my Jewish journey is uh, both different and a little similar. I mean, I always knew I was Jewish. That was, that was obvious from, you know, when I was four years old with my grandmother and publicly Jewish, um, you know, grew up in New York on the upper, upper West Side, typical New York Jewish family, um, you know, politically progressive. We, uh, we went to a reconstructionist synagogue, but my mother, bless her, uh, 93, still with us. She was um, decided that I was the one who needed a more formal religious education. I was the youngest of three, and she sent me to a yeshiva, but uh, I would say probably modern Orthodox in New York. Um, and I really had all kinds of problems with the intensely organized um, structure of, of religion as presented there, and there was a lot of intolerance. And when I graduated, um, I really moved away. So I was one of those Jews who always said, oh, culturally Jewish, I love Passover, I'm good with Hanukkah, I'll go on the high holidays, mom, because that's important to you to send God. But that, that was it. Um, and then maybe 10 years ago, I felt um, something missing, some disconnect, some connection. So I always felt um, connected to Judaism. Um, 
but never never completely there. Um, so like a, a, an example of it, my grandmother, um, old, you know, from, from Europe would always say good Shabbos. And I, I couldn't actually say those words, uh, just like it was too hard to tell somebody that it was queer. Uh, they would stick on my mouth. It felt so foreign to me, um, which was like old world or something. And then I came to my first Mishkan service and it was uh, Kol Nidre. Um, and this was like, six years ago or so. And Lizzie was like bubbling at the crowd at the Preston Bradley Center. It was packed house. And she was like, oh my God, where did people come from? And people started calling out and somebody came from as far as Hawaii. And, 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 she, and Lizzie said, it, this is amazing that people traveled such a far distance to be here tonight. Some people came such a large physical distance. And she paused and then said, and some people came such a large emotional distance. And uh, that was my Mishkan moment. It was a long emotional distance for me to come back. Um, it was a long emotional distance to be, uh, to be proud of a, as being a queer. Uh, so here I am, you know, today, a proud queer, a proud Jew, giving my first voluntary drosh since I graduated high school in 1983. And it, it feels really good. And it feels really good to be here, even virtually uh, with all of you on this Pride Shabbat. Um, and while uh, I think about all of you, those who I've met, and, and as a saying in a queer community, there are no strangers in Mishkan. There's only friends I haven't met yet. Um, I look out to you with deep gratitude and love and say, Matovu Mishkan. Um, and uh, good Shabbos. You've been listening to Shabbat Replay on Contact High, a podcast from Mishkan Chicago. If you enjoyed this sermon and want to join us live, tune in to Shabbat services through Facebook most Fridays of the month and through Zoom two Saturday mornings a month. Our schedule of services and programs can be found at mishkanchicago.org events, where there's also a link to donate and support our work. And you can visit us on Facebook or Instagram at Mishkan Chicago. Until then, please feel free to subscribe and leave us a review. As always, we want to hear from you. This episode has been brought to you by me, Zach Weinberg, our editor and producer, Hannah Rehack, our rabbinical team, Rabbis Lizzie Heideman and Dina Cowens, and our director of communications, Ashley Donahue. On behalf of Teen Mishkan... Thanks for tuning in.